All right, fine. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do, do a show. show. <coughs> now I've moved my get, microphone so I can see my notes. Get the calves out. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Why'd you say it like a cowboy? I don't know, man. Because Dave was coughing and I just felt surly. Welcome, everybody, to episode <laughs> number 38, Random Draw, a board game podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Mann. With me, as always, uh, Dave Hubbard. That's me. Mark Belial. I was proven a coward who would desert a dying man. What? This checks out. So Let's today, just go on. So today, <laughs> so today, my voice got so high right there. It's so uncomfortable. So today. So today. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> uh, so if you're unfamiliar with our show and you've chosen to start 38 episodes in, we are a board game podcast. Podcast. We discuss three board games tonight, and then we go on to a topic, which is two words jammed together, which we are still using. A portmanteau. Is that what it's technically called? That is what it's called. Is Mark lying to us? A portmanteau. Oh, this would be a good time to lie. Yeah, I'm not going to look it up either. <laughs> I just a believe it. That sounds so made up. Yeah, I'm not going to look it up. You know why nah. it sounds made up? Is because it's two words jammed together. <laughs> portmanteau. Mm-hmm. It's three words jammed together. Yeah, portmanteau. One yeah. of those words is Dan's last name. It's true. How many insults does it have? Danto? Danto. What, what a terrible name that would be. Oh, Danto. It's like one first name. Uh, speaking of Danto, this week we played <laughs> Plunder, A Pirate's Life. This was a generous gift from my good friend Dave Hubbard. You're from, welcome. For my uh, birthday. As we all know in this circle, all board game <laughs> gifts are very board, self-serving. All board game presents. <laughs> That's very true. That's for sure. Yeah. And yeah. it's so funny. I, Amber goes, I never know what to get you for your birthday. And I constantly have at least 15 games and a wish list on my Amazon <laughs> yeah. page. Just get me something off there. It's uh, so, so easy. Sometimes it's I so check easy. with your wife as to what's on that list. Tons of stuff I did on the there. same thing. <laughs> I, I, Tons of stuff I, on I texted there. Amber and I was like, yo, listen, I need you to take a look at the, the wall. because it's, yeah. it's always on there, man. Yep. It's an ever-going list. Plunder, a pirate's life. If you could call a game overproduced. <laughs> yeah, this, this would categorize. Yeah. This would be it. And I don't hate it. I don't care if a game's overproduced uh, unless it's like, oh, this game also cost you four hundred dollars yeah mm-hmm. i will say i got this on sale yeah so that's good and then, which is what dan's worth in my opinion mm-hmm. like yes. any game that's Please. highly on sale Please, i'm is... not looking for new releases at <laughs> top dollar yeah. i'm not looking for msrp over here <laughs> i'm looking to play a game so plunder a pirate's life in plunder a pirate's life see how many times i could say the title <laughs> in this game you play a pirate believe it or not Okay. And you are trying to get the most victory points, essentially, but they're called plunder points, I think. Yeah. Which is, they're victory points. Yeah. It's fine. It's a, it, there's like a card with a little hook on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also every island that you have influence on or whatever. Right. And every ship you have in you. So you can have up to three ships in your fleet. Which is totally dope. Which is awesome. I like having extra ships. So mm-hmm. these ships are these chunky uh, 3D ships, uh, solid plastic. Yeah. They're really nice. So yeah. nice. So nice. And they all have these wide variety of colors for the different different players up to six players on this each ship starts with three guy three guys in it which is your hit points mm, it's three little red guys on top it almost looks like and they have little hats on. Yeah, they do mm-hmm. but and they almost look like when uh, a ship takes damage in battleship yeah like you the put little a little red yeah, that's yeah. Really good. yeah in reverse like the more you have is th- it's is good better. Yeah. it's good <laughs> um you can make your ship go faster by sails also two 3d printed sails can go on your ship mm-hmm. and then also you can improve your ship's uh, weaponry with two cannons also 3d printed that clips on you can see when someone's ship is fully upgraded because it looks fully upgraded <laughs> Yeah, yeah there's... which is the greatest thing about this. Like, at no point are you leaning over a table trying to see what someone has in cards in front of them or something. Yeah, absolutely. You look at the board, you glance at their ship, and you know immediately the power of that ship. Yeah, it's awesome. So, yep. so the game board itself is these uh, six tiles. The board can be randomized. On these tiles are different islands and, of course, ocean spots. 
and they're made up in a grid. So you put down two by three board and then along the outside of the board is a graph or whatever. Yeah, like numbers and letters. Right. Yeah. So you know exactly where everything happens. And so there's like X marks the spots three of them they yeah. go on the map mm-hmm. which is so fun and they're randomly generated by these two spinners you spin them and they go out there and like i don't know a lot of them seem bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, so these, never really had a great time uh, yeah. these there. x marks the spots are fascinating because they constantly move around so as soon as any player gets one it is immediately placed back on the board and it's not that a specific thing is at that spot it's just that you draw from this deck of mm. x marks the spot cards and they are about 50% good and 50% bad in general in the deck however given how random gameplay goes yeah. that means like mark got like 90% bad cards <laughs> yeah, it's right. a good time yeah yeah it's it's just another thing to do that and it, and you can get victory points to this too so what you're doing is you're you're going around the map and you're collecting cards and the cards can be used to upgrade your ship or whatever and there's three different types uh, no there's like five different types of cards like They're resources yeah mm-hmm. gold, iron and wood gold and- rum iron uh whatever other stuff so these resources you can build up your ship you can um sometimes you need to spin them because a card tells you to or you have to give them to another player all kinds of stuff as you're going through you're trying to take these islands and or sink other people's ships <laughs> which is fun which is fun and it's just a dice roll and then you add some modifiers based on how many cannons you have and mm-hmm. then if you hit them one of their guys gets killed if you shoot them and their their last guy gets killed you've sunk their ship you get a plunder point and then they get a ship back the next turn maybe (laughs) so there's some there's no player elimination but you you can get your ship back there's a bunch of different ways to make sure that players aren't eliminated but you can also fight islands and fighting islands are the same way you're either fighting against like the environment an island that's unowned or you're fighting against another player that might own that island and the more islands you own the more cards, resources you get at the beginning of your turn. Mm-hmm. And they're all worth victory yeah. points. So. They're all worth victory points. Not a super hard game. No, no it's very uh, light. It's very light. And I didn't expect it to be so light. I was reading the rule book and I was like, am I missing something? <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> kind of uh, the storm. We got to talk about that storm. The storm. So mm-hmm. there's also a storm that moves around the board. If you roll a one at the beginning of your turn for your movement dice, the storm moves. And the storm doesn't do a ton except for it hinders your movement because it's, it's, yeah, it's a storm and you have Makes a ship sense. with a sail. <laughs> I don't know a lot about the ocean and sailing, but <laughs> I think that affects things. So the storm yes. is like a block that sits over a group of Yeah, it's a square. Tokens. Yeah. So when you spin it, that whatever number comes up on the two spinners, you put that right in the middle. So it takes two movement to get in, two movement to get out. When you're in the storm, no big deal. Eye of the storm. I saw the movie Twister. Oh, they got yes. to the eye of the storm. Yeah, it's fine. Calm. Filmed, filmed outside my hometown. Really? No. I was going to say that. Um, once again, <laughs> would have believed you. Like, yeah. I don't even know how to fact check that because I yeah. know you said the name of your hometown, but I don't remember it. <laughs> All I remember is uh, pizza time. It's pizza time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pizza exactly. Time. Uh, <laughs> they did film. I do believe they did film parts of that in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma? But I yeah. guess that makes sense. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. I uh, don't like Helen Hunt. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> wow, fair. That was, that, was right. a, that was a strong take, it's but I get me, it. Caught me off guard. Yeah, you. why? You love her? No, she's all right, I guess. You know, <laughs> Mad About You is pretty okay. No, that's the show I hate. Oh, you don't like that one, huh? No. Not Paul Reiser. Paula Did you? Was she? She was. She <laughs> was like in that Paula movie Dean. with um, Butter, baby. <laughs> she was in that movie with Mel Gibson, where he's got a beaver, or is that Jodie Foster? You're talking Passion of the Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's uh, the he's one. not actually in that movie. That's Jim Caviezel. <laughs> uh, good joke. Uh, plunder. So anyway, 
Well done. So, so when we played uh, Plunder, it was fun. I actually had a, a really good time playing it. But it is very light. My daughter, who was eight, uh, needed almost no direction playing this yeah. game. She made her own choices. She chose to build up her ship instead of making a fleet of ships. Which is and not a bad choice. It's fine. It's, she was up there. She was a terror. She was an absolute yeah. terror. Nobody's messing with that. Yeah. I mean, it was a, as good a choice as any of us made throughout the whole yeah. game. I would yes. say this game is on par complexity-wise with something like intro-level games. So this is yeah. straight-up Settlers of Catan level yep. complexity. Yeah, it's very easy, very easy to teach. There's no like high-level concepts nope. in this. And beautiful mm. footprint. That's the biggest thing. It looks so good. And if you go to our Instagram page, we have pictures of it up there, and it just looks so good. The footprint's awesome. Yeah. The gameplay's fun. Yeah, if, if, I had, if I had to knock this game, and I will a little bit, I think that we have come up with, and not we personally, I think that smart people who design board games, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously not us, uh, have come up with really intriguing ways to do a more even movement. And yeah. this is just a roll a D6 for movement. Mm -hmm. right? And yeah. I do find that to be one of the least interesting movement mechanics one and can have. So you can have a max of three ships and you're rolling this D6 and that movement is for all three of your ships mm -hmm. that have to be broken up between them. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, so if you roll a one, you may move one ship, one space. Right. And then if you if you have sails, it, it gives you one free movement. But other than that, like if you roll bad, you, you mm -hmm. kind of your turn might be pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's that's one of the downsides I really think about it is. There's better ways. Like, why yeah. is this a straight D6? I wish that at mm -hmm. least it was like a custom D6 where it's like two twos, two threes, two fours. Yeah. Yeah. Something to just even out a little bit so you well, don't have people. Like, Amber, I think, rolled three ones in a well, row. Mark, yeah. Mark was stuck trying to get to one spot on the board yeah. for like four rolled, straight turns. Yeah, it was, it was very... It was, like, rolling moves... There are so many more elegant ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, look at Zaya. Like, Zaya is a roll and yeah. move game. But yeah. with so much mitigation. Right. But yeah. there's ways that you can get a little extra juice out of your ship, like, yeah. if you need to. A, you've got your impulse drive. Mm -hmm. B, you can constantly put upgrades that help you out in that movement. Like, yeah. C, you can roll that dice a cut, like, three or four times for movement if you want. Like, mm -hmm. in a Zaya where you've got to roll and move, there is so much mitigation. It, it doesn't feel like you're held back a right, ton by right. that yeah. roll. Yeah. Whereas this one, like, you roll 1D six and that is yeah. your if movement. you roll a one yep that's what congratulations I, what one i kind of think about zaya is like you there are only degrees of good rolls yeah. yeah you know what i mean like even if you get kind of a crummy roll there's enough there that you can kind of do because again with the way the elements of the game work together i had so many just bad rolls yeah. even yeah. if you were like rolling 1d6 per ship or something that you had mm -hmm. instead of like just i have three ships i rolled a three i can move one ship three or i can move any combination of that it's just such a pain and you don't have much to do on your turn like your turns are pretty limited anyway. yeah, yeah. downtime is definitely nice mm -hmm. yeah there's not a lot going on but yeah it is pretty quick and a mm -hmm. lot of times like you're moving the spinner you're watching other people get pooped on by the x marks the spot like <laughs> it's just hilarious and it's, yeah it's great and it, it's just there's so much good about this game and that's like one of the silly things mm -hmm. like this is what you came up with this for uh, yeah for i me. like the spinners i, I like the spinners moving the storm around the spinners constantly placing that x marks the spot mm -hmm. which happens a ton if you're playing so with much. five players that are obsessed mm -hmm. with getting these i X's. need to see what the x is. despite yeah. the fact that so many of them are hurtful <laughs> it's, all, it's all bad <laughs> yeah. i know what the x is it's bad i'm gonna, I'm gonna keep opening the box yeah <laughs> i know because it's 
never good. Next but. time, maybe it will be, though. It's yeah. good. That's yeah. why I got to see it. <laughs> it turns out I only find mimic chests. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh. a slot machine. Oh. <laughs> you know, it just gives you just enough to keep pulling the lever. <laughs> oh, got to keep it up. Yeah. yeah. But overall, it really was a fun game. Yeah. And I think the, the biggest advantage of it, besides sincerely gorgeous footprint, mm -hmm. is just ease of teaching. For like, sure. if you mm -hmm. have an intro level group or you just want to play a game and that you don't have to strategize or think hard well, about, and, and that's, this is perfect. That's the thing. If you have kids, too, this is such a, like, smaller kids. This is such an easy game. Like, yeah. my daughter picked it up so fast. Mm -hmm. and, and she's eight. And she's eight. And there's, like, the only thing ever she needed help with was, like, turning in cards for upgrades. Mm -hmm. She was, like, but it comes with a thing that explains it. And she got it after a while. But it's, like, mm -hmm. it's really easy. It's very light. But it's not bad. It's still really fun. No, honestly, I would almost put the cat this in the category of really excellent young kid yeah, games. For sure. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's a here's a game that kids can absolutely pick up and learn pretty easily, but that teaches real game mechanics. Yeah. That you can actually have options. You make yeah. choices. Because you absolutely, because you're making a strategy, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. am I gonna go for a ton of islands or I'm gonna try to make a big fleet or like try it, to sink my sink, you know, friends you and sink other ship ships? Or, yeah, like what are you gonna do? That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Because I think I'm like the most lukewarm about this game. Mm -hmm. Of us knowing that it's a lighter game, of course it's going to be perfect for. But this kids is the heaviest for... game I've ever played. Yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the rule book was near five pages. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, compared to Gloomhaven, this is this okay. is a real and shot yeah, in the dark. That's my problem. Remember that, I, that time yeah, we played just, Brass? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Am yeah, food chain magnet. <laughs> Amateur I mean, hour. Amateur hour comparatively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's go to Mark, and he can tell us all about Plunder: A Pirate's Life. Plunder, A Pirate's Life, published in 2020 by Lost Boy Entertainment. I didn't realize it was this new, and I bought it. What yeah. was it, 2020? 2020. Yeah. You're welcome, Dan. I'm apparently a go-getter. Yeah, stay on, <laughs> stay out, stay with the times, Dave. So Lost Boy Entertainment, here's what I found out about this place. They make vampire games. That, that would, would make a lot of sense, though. It would be pretty cool. It would make more sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, is this a Peter they actually, fairly new, fairly new game company. Okay. Um, the designer of the game is a guy named Casey Shrimple. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at your name, sir, and or madam, but yeah. that is a real great name. Yeah. I'm actually allergic to shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. This is his first game. He's actually a filmmaker oh. as, for his full-time job. Hello. And the art was done by Chris Doman, Ben, mm -hmm. hold on, go yeah, on, Ben De Buzdari, and Francesco Pizzo. Did you say Princess De Capizzo? Francesco. Oh, Fr Francesco De Capizzo. Yes, said, Princess De Capizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Francesco Pizzo. Yeah, That's and so different. get this, like, I could not find any information about these dudes, period. They're not listed on BGG. Uh -oh. They're living I had the to grid. download a copy of the rules book. To find out who did all the art oh, and that, they're ghosts, they're like they're living off the grid. They they're don't like, want you to know. yeah, they're they board have a game ghosts. No, because they I looked for Lost each Boys one of these games. Dudes. Didn't even have a website. Oh, uh, they do have a website. Those guys have a game. <laughs> Those guys have a website. But is this these, their first these game? guys do not. I have no idea if this is their first game or well, not. You just is said the, they had a website. Well, Lost Boys Games does. These that's guys what, don't. That's what Dave said. Yeah, is this the first from that publishing company? No, they have like another game, I think. But <laughs> Dave, I don't know what we're gonna do here. What's it called? Oh my God, Dave! It seems like if there's one other game. I thought this was your only job besides doing all of the talking. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hold on. And writing for your other, yeah, your writing. Delaware by Dark podcast. Yeah. And writing for our 80s podcast. Other than that, what do you even do with what your do you free do? time? I don't really Dave know. Dave and I are prepared. Yeah. We know the right questions to Lost ask. Lost Boy Entertainment, right? So Lost they do Plunder, A Pirate's Life. Yeah, we know that one. That's their only game. What? They've got a film that they've done. Is uh, it about pirates? It's called Among Thieves. Oh, it does sound like it's about pirates. Uh, no, it's very... It's, it's about D&D rogues. It's got like a bunch of dudes <laughs> that you grew up with uh, holding guns. Oh, it's a gangster movie? Mm -hmm. 
maybe. It looks like a kind Are of they like heist. Their set? One guy's got a duffel bag. One guy's this got is like good podcast yeah. material. <laughs> They've literally got one game and one and, movie and one movie. Uh, those are your designers and artwork, guys. Good luck editing this episode, yeah. Dave. It's a good one. You're welcome, Dave Hubbard. I hate you both. <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's rate uh, Plunder a Pirate's Life on a scale 1 to 10. Not using the number 7, but how many Lost Boys would you give okay. Plunder a Pirate's Life? Uh, Mark, you seem the least entertained by this game. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I thought this game was really bland. Ooh, uh, yeah. sick burn. Despite that theme. Like, talk about a game that stuck to its theme. I know. Yeah, it, is, it was very thematic, but I thought it was, like, pretty bland. I didn't really enjoy the roll and move mechanic. Again, yeah. you could add sails. I will agree to make, with you on that one. Yeah, yeah you could add sails <laughs> to make your uh, ship move faster. But like, if you can't move fast enough to get the resources to build yeah. the sails, right, then it's <laughs> next to impossible. I'm gonna give this game a five, uh, mostly on account of the production. Well, the components are amazing, is what I'll say. You Absolutely. got these chonky thick ships, like those. Is that why we're friends? Because you like chonky thick. Things. Chonky thick. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, plunder of pirates life, Dave. Uh, we'll scale one to ten not using the letter no the number seven <laughs> i will not use the letter seven <laughs> how many lost boys will you give plunder of pirates life uh i go with a <laughs> solid six on this one i did enjoy it however take that six with the grain of salt that is i don't think we are the target audience yeah. for this game mm-hmm. yeah because if i'm kira uh, th- this game is probably an eight or a nine to me it's it's perfect for that as avid, very large, complex board game players and lovers, this is just not quite in it for us like that. Yeah. But if you want something mm-hmm. simple, if you want something to introduce new gamers, if you want something short, light, uh, something you don't have to strategize about, you can just roll some dice, have some fun. This game really is up that alley and beautiful footprint. Absolutely. Plunder of Pirate's Life, Dan, a 1 to 10, not using the number 7. How many Lost Boys would I give it? I'm going to give it somewhere between a 6 and an 8. <laughs> uh, Coward. So, so the only reason I would give it a higher score, the only reason I would think about giving it is 8, because I'm, I'm definitely going to play this game a lot more, mm-hmm. because it's something I can play with Kira. Exactly. And it's something that I wouldn't mind playing with. Like Some of the kids' games are, are a little rough. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, way more palatable. But I'm, I'm going to give it a 6 also. Again, we're not the target audience for it but it's not a bad game roll and moves not awesome but the components itself and the core of the game is all there like it all works honestly there i just could be wanna, more i just want to play this same game but grab from one of my other games a custom uh two twos two threes two fours die yeah and i think that yeah. would just fix immediately most well, you of need, the problem you I have, have to have a one because of the storm. Uh, you could just say two like you could just say it moves too many storm too. movement dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's plunder of pirates life from lost boy entertainment I'm told. The next game we played is Cartographers, a role player's tale. Uh, another gift from uh, Mark. Yeah. For my birthday, Cartographers. So I have uh, a hard time giving good board game gifts. I don't think so. I thought this was a good okay, game. Okay, you like this yeah. one? Yeah, I, I, I do. Thought I, I like thought a, the vibe was like kind of lukewarm around the table no. when we played this well, one. Well, when I, when I played it, I, I misunderstood what you said about something. I'm not shocked that I would have a hard time explaining <laughs> No, no, it wasn't explaining. I literally like misinterpreted something you said. Oh, so, okay. Uh, Cartographers, a role player's game. So this is a roll and write game. Which it, traditionally we are quite warm on yeah Mm -hmm. i like a roll and write game i have an overwhelming amount of them (laughs) and i enjoy them all a role player's game or role player's tale actually sorry about that so this is from the company that makes role player 
Mm-hmm. Am I right about that, Mark? Correct. Role player, I liked a lot. Uh, in role player, of course, you're basically creating a character yeah, by rolling but, dice. But this is 100% different. This can be any farther yeah. from that game. <laughs> so in Cartographers, you are a cartographer. Shocking. Yep, okay. And you are working for the queen. But you want to prove to her that you are the single best cartographer in the whole wide world. Which is pretty much our normal lives. So like it wasn't that much of a stretch. It's how I got married to Amber. I proved to her. That you were the best cartographer I said, look at this map to my heart. Oh, is that how it happened? <laughs> oh, that's so dumb. Uh, nope, that is not how it happened. Um, One must first travel through the brambles. <laughs> you won Amber's heart with dips night. I did. I yeah. made it. Yeah. Her favorite food is dips. Yeah. And Dan, Dan bought like 14 different dips because he lived with me at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Amber came over and they all tried some dips. And then my wife and I, when they left for their date night, we also ate all the dips. Yeah, we had yeah. dips for like a week. God, so <laughs> it was many like dips. Forever dips. Well, anyway, if there's great. one thing that Dan says all the time is that when he dips, you dip, we dip. <laughs> move on. Move I do on, say Dan. it all the time. Uh, so in cartographers, so of course, just like any other roll and write game, right? Everybody's going to have their own sheet mm-hmm. that you're going to create. And it's obviously going to be different than everybody else's. So when you're playing this game, there's five goals face up. Mm-hmm. You should <laughs> plan for these goals. Mm-hmm. Theoretically. Theoretically, you should plan for these goals. So they all tell you how each one is going to get scored. Mm-hmm. And not, they don't all get scored all the time. They get scored in seasons. Yeah, they get right. scored two at a time. Two at a time in seasons, and one wraps back around the first yep. one gets scored again. Did not see that one coming. Oh, yeah, that was a big shocker. <laughs> it was a big doozy. Like, <laughs> that was like why I had given up on that. Oh, already. boy, that one, that one caught me off guard. <laughs> right. So you can look at these, and you can plan ahead. My one of my biggest complaints about this game, and this is only like a first few times playing this game, I imagine, is the symbology on the cards. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I don't know what it's trying to get across. Yeah, the iconography is not the easiest to read. Right, and then you every card has a description. You read it, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Okay, now I. But understand. just looking at it, you, it's just like a mesh of it's, symbols. It's mm-hmm. nonsense. Yeah, like I don't know. Well, what and the, so the other problem is this game is really good after multiple plays. Absolutely, this is yes. not a like most roll and writes. You can have fun your first time. Mm-hmm. This, I had fun, yeah. but like our first game of this, I was lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's <laughs> that's what happened is, so one of the scoring title tiles, I didn't read by myself, so this is my own fault. But Mark <laughs> yeah, was Mark explaining it, it. Yeah, he read it, and he said, filled squares. And I heard field squares. Oh, <laughs> oh. So yeah, that, that Oklahoma accent will get you every time. So I'm trying to like f- make fields. Like I thought these only could be scored if they had fields around them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, when is a field gonna come up? Like I haven't seen I a haven't field seen a single ever. Field. Yeah. And then later on, he goes, says it again, and I read the card. And I was like, oh my god, it says <laughs> filled. Like anything could be around this. Yeah. So I, had was, the, I had a very similar circumstance earlier this week with tent, T I N T. Yeah. And tent. T-E-N-T. <laughs> For someone thought I was talking about window tent. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, we don't what sell, are you talking about? I don't need sell a tent. Tents. Yeah. <laughs> sell tents here. It's like, like <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. That'd I'm be sorry. weird. Uh, so the season tells you how many cards are going to get flipped over before the season ends. Mm-hmm. So you flip a card over, and it could have one symbol, it could have two symbols, and it's going to have a shape. So you can pick whatever, a buildings or forest. And you have to make that shape on your map. And you could put it wherever you want. Yep. And But maybe look at the scoring cards. Yeah, that, I, I think know. that's the trick. I think <laughs> I don't the know. trick to doing well in this game is keeping those scoring cards yeah, in is mind. Is memorizing <laughs> all five scoring cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one way to go about it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you go through the amount of cards 
cards and then the season ends and you score that season. Then you go to the next season. You just keep doing this throughout. Uh, and there's different shapes and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, you're basically mm-hmm. putting what looks like a odd Tetris pieces of mm-hmm. different terrain types. Right. So you're drawing water or you're drawing fields. <laughs> yeah. Fields. Felts. Yeah, felts. Or you're drawing trees or houses or these different things. I would say out of all the roll and rights we played, this is the one that I spent the most time trying to draw things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're not going to talk about how my houses looked. <laughs> well, and that's like Mine every- look like mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and everything, like the cards have tell you what it is, right? It says like, oh, this is a house. Or whatever town or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. And it shows you what the symbol for them looks like, which is just like a single house. So I'm trying to copy all those. Like rivers or or water is like... Wavy lines. Yeah, wavy lines. lines, Fields are just like lines across the thing. So it all shows like once you get it, you're like, oh, that's what that is. For the first part of the game, your your scorecards look like the runes from the fifth element. (laughs) (laughs) The coolest thing I thought about this game, though, is in the deck of cards could be a monster card. So it's like this monster is living out somewhere in your field. You have to, of course, mark them on the map so the queen knows where to send the army to crush them, even if they're minding their own business. Uh, (laughs) Especially if they're minding their own business. business. (laughs) So when that happens, the card tells you which direction you're going to pass your map. So Mm -hmm. you pass your map to someone else. Like, let's say I pass mine to Dave. And Dave then looks at my map. He looks at the shape the monsters are in. And then he puts that in the least advantageous place he can (laughs) on my map which is such a neat wrinkle because i've never played a roll and write with actual player interaction which is Mm -hmm. awesome yeah this is the only one i can think of that has player interaction especially like this where you can like hinder other people actively hinder them Mm -hmm. and it could happen a couple times depending on what cards get yeah uh, i think it only happened once happened once to us but the cards were in there where it could have happened yeah Yeah. it it definitely happened multiple times for sure yeah and it's so it's such a cool thing and of course the first time we're playing it we're like i i don't know like what's bad like just put it wherever but if you have yeah, it, i ended up helping amber yeah, yeah i didn't understand where to put it but so when you put it on the map any when it goes to scoring if you have any exposed monster spaces with nothing around them it's negative points you want to close them in or, or something mm-hmm. i don't know you want to close them monsters in so it's just like another wrinkle. I don't want to say it's hard to understand, but it's like a little different than any other role in Red. Yeah, your first yeah. game is just going to be a struggle. Yeah, do you under can you understand this iconography and why is the answer no? Even like <laughs> even like the goals cards can be a little like there's there was one I think that we played with where you got X amount of points for rivers next to ruins. Yeah. But also you got X amount of points for fields next to ruins. And like and next to rivers. If something's yeah. on a ruin, you get this. And you're just like, oh, man, I don't get it. Some and of like, the wording is a little wonky. Yeah, towards the end of that game, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, here is all the ways I messed this map yeah. up so yeah. terribly. Yeah. Like, there was that one scorecard that was like, you get X amount of points per blank edge of a city. Yeah. And we, if we were, I was like, oh, that's so crazily worded and then at the very end of the thing it was like oh now it totally makes sense there's some games you could pick up like plunder you could just pick up and play like it's really easy to explain Mm -hmm. this one you definitely have to get through once then you're just like towards the end i think we're all like oh my gosh okay now i I I totally get it and my errors for the first five (laughs) seasons (laughs) this this explains why my score is still in single digits (laughs) i didn't understand any of this but it is, I mean, again, roll and rights. I really enjoy a roll and right. Yeah. This big, was one of them. Big <laughs> fans. Despite there was no rolling. Uh, yeah. And flip and right. Despite the fact that it was more complex and so a little harder of an entry barrier, 
the fact that it has some player interaction yeah. just really put this one up in in mm-hmm. loving it to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Sometimes I get down by myself like I'm never going to understand this game. Mm-hmm. And then like as we're playing I was like, "Okay, I guess I get a little bit, you idiot." And then like by the end I'm like, "Okay, this isn't really <laughs> so hard so at all." Yeah, this, is, this is just a game and I yeah. was too hard on myself. But it happens a lot, especially like <laughs> like reading the rules to brass. Oh, I was man. like, I'm never gonna understand this game. Like, like, <laughs> this game is like I can't so singularly beyond me. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna be able to teach this game. Like I'm not ever. And then eventually we play it. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that hard. I don't understand how to win it, but <laughs> but at least I understand how to not cheat. <laughs> but I, yeah, I know the rules now. I guess. Yeah, that's Cartographer's uh, Role Player's Tale. Mark, what do you know about that? I got. I know all kinds of stuff about that. <laughs> we'll game. see. We'll see how I do. So first off, I will say uh, I have to give a big shout out to one of our Twitter followers. Uh, who during episode 24 when we talked about Roland Wrights sent me a tweet I guess they would call them a tweet <laughs> that is the yes, term I yes grandfather that yes. is what we call them yeah these kids with the tweets oh the bird told me <laughs> so this gentleman Adam at uh, rusting night if you want to give him a follow we had asked for player interaction Roland Wrights and he uh, tweeted oh. at me and suggested this one he came up with it yeah so this is how this game totally came up on yeah, our and radar. only what 16 episodes later <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that was that was uh, he tweeted at me on March someone's birthday or, come up. on March the 5th <laughs> Oh, so seven months. Not bad. We've always said if you tweet at us a game, we'll play it. Yeah, we we'll never it. give a timeline. I never <laughs> give a timeline. hundred percent. I yeah. will add. We are yeah. still at a hundred percent. Boom. Nailed it. Uh, so uh, Cartographers, yeah. a role player, ta- a role player tale published in 2019 by Thunderworks Games. Designed by Jordi Adan, who uh, Jordi did. Dave. Yeah, Jordi. It's a Star Trek I know fan. him. LeVar oh. Burton. Yeah. Good yeah. for him. Jordi Adan, who did Rolling Ranch. He reads Under a Rainbow. Yeah. Oh, reading Rainbow. You're never going to get through this. Go ahead. <laughs> never getting through <laughs> it's just nice to see blind people designing games. Oh, 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 oh wow! Um, uh, Cartographer, a blind person's game. Hold on. Really what could you possibly be typing? I accidentally deleted some of my stuff. Did you say bollocks? I bollocksed it. Yeah, that's. Is probably. that what you really said? I did. <laughs> I don't know why. He really is an 80-year-old man. Very, very, very British. Today. Jeez. Okay, so the art was done by Luis Francisco, who did the art for Coup. Oh, okay. I like Coup. And Role Player. And like Lucas Ribeiro, who did the art for Space Cantina. I don't know that one. I don't know. What, I'm familiar with from Star Trek. I'm familiar. Star, Star Wars. I'm familiar with space, <laughs> and I know what a cantina is. Yeah. <laughs> So obviously I know his work. Yeah, yeah, obviously. What's the name of this company? Thunderworks Games. Thunderworks Games? Yeah. That's, that's a cool. fun name. I like that. that was, I think it's a better name than Lost Boys. They had to yeah. have a physical fight with Thundergriff Games for the naming rights of the company. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a tie. <laughs> they Their two champions knocked each other out simultaneously. How long is this going to go on? Uh, as long as you'll let me. <laughs> I don't edit the show. <laughs> Don't so you worry, none of it's going to yeah, as, long as, Aww, it's as long as Dave will let you. Cartographer. <laughs> Guys are getting so good at this. <laughs> yeah, episode 38. Uh, the one where we finally get it? Good lord. Uh, cartographer's role player's tale. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, not using the number 7, how many LeVar Burtons would you give cartographer? <laughs> my water yeah. <laughs> well now you have to leave the lavar burton joke in yeah uh dave how many lavar burtons would you give cartographers uh i give this game an eight i, I really enjoyed it i love rolling rice anyway and then once i understood how to play this one i thought it was, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a ton of fun and screwing your neighbor over by putting monsters on their sheets fun also oh, a ton of fun so gratifying it, yeah, yeah the wonderful. satisfaction you get from just like 
gleefully drawing monsters yeah. onto their And the more experience great. you get, the better at yeah. the better I was gonna at say, you oh, yeah. get. Yeah. I was gonna say the first time we did it, like we passed it, like the paper got passed back to me and I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But yeah. uh but yeah, solid eight. This game's good. Cartographers, a role player's tale. Dan, how many uh LeVar Burtons would you give out of ten, not using the number seven? I would also give it an eight. Again, Love a roll and write, and this one is no different. It's very fun. Player interaction is fun. Once you understand the the iconography, <laughs> words. <laughs> I want a real go of it tonight. Uh, once you understand that, the game comes so much easier. Plus, uh, you're now playing by the rules, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's much better. Yeah, they, this went from like a four to an eight after I understood everything. So that's good. It's amazing how that works. <laughs> it's that's how most of my games get rated. <laughs> Uh, Mark Cartographer's Role Player's Tale out of 1 out of 10, not using 7. How many LeVar Burtons would you give Cartographer's? Give me an 8. Sweep Ooh. it. This game was a ton of fun. Love yeah. rolling rights. Uh, they're good. Rights. Have fun drawing uh, symbols that you what? won't understand <laughs> after <laughs> a few rounds. But yeah. yeah, totally good time. Liked it a lot. What? Is there a rolling right we didn't like? Uh, uh, I think the most lukewarm we've been on a rolling right was probably what silver and gold. No, no for, I like silver and gold. for me, it's still um, on tour. Oh, that's the best one though. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> you've, na- you've just named the best roll. I know, like, uh, dude. I can't. Did wait you know? Yeah. I saw this the other day, and I, I don't even know if you could purchase it here. But there's an on tour Europe edition. So it's oh, like it's like it's European on tour, countries. but it's like a, cool. a map of Europe. Is it like the EU, but not England? You know what? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe the, I was going to say, maybe there was one with England in it, but then like a year later, that wasn't there anymore. No, mm-hmm. it, they just tell you you have to scratch it out. <laughs> <laughs> Rub this off. It doesn't exist. Uh, the last game we played this week was Project Elite. This is Project Elite from Simon. Uh, or come on, or whatever, however you want to say it. Uh, this is the new version. This was released before by a different company, but then Simon uh, made this one. The one I own is from Simon. And we don't play a lot of games where you're frantically doing things. Yeah. So yeah. Project Elite, I'm sure there's some sort of story to this, but you are Space Marine-esque people. Sure was. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And this is a timed live action game yeah so you have have two minutes and you're going to roll your dice as much as you want in those two minutes and you're performing actions as you go but just two minutes there's different missions you can have uh, blow up alien hives collect things whatever the mission is uh each round you're only going to have two minutes to do it and meanwhile in between rounds these aliens are going to be multiplying and trying to essentially get to your base or kill you if they can would be even better mm-hmm. but it'd <laughs> be great for which, us. which is a fair goal because my goal is also to kill them so we had like sim- I, yeah we have similar goals we yeah. have similar but opposing goals <laughs> uh so, so this is the minis are awesome uh yeah of course, absolutely from simon of course um, all the dice are custom dice, so they're not mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six. Although there are some numbered dice in there, but that's just for damage. So yeah. you're gonna. Uh, the game comes with a timer that I couldn't seem to get to work, but Amber got to work instantly. I was yeah. really bizarre. She just walked over and was like, "Click." It wasn't yeah. bizarre. It made a lot of sense to me. I was gonna say she's it, smarter than you. It's not. It's not bizarre <laughs> if you've ever been around me and her together. <laughs> like, it made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on your turn, you have a weapon and some gear. And your gear is all going to have these slots on it. The slots match um, faces of the dice. And so if you want to fire a gun, some of the guns take two gun symbols. You just put the gun symbols on there once you roll them. And then you can roll your damage. And you're literally just throwing enemy minis off the map (laughs) because you only got two minutes. Um, 
But there's also a bad guy symbol on the dice. And when that happens, you have to move an enemy figure. And the map has all, tons of these little arrows, but they're really easy to follow. And that's the path that the bad guys move. Mm -hmm. So you just have to, at some point, move one. Like, right then, before you do anything, you have to move one of those bad guys. Then you can reroll that dice. If another enemy face comes up, you have to move the dice again. And mm -hmm. once again, this is all taking place in the in two, two minutes, minutes of frantic time. <laughs> yes. Simultaneously. This is yeah. not your two minutes and my two minutes. No. This is two minutes and we're all chucking our dice and moving <laughs> our guys and yes. throwing it's, enemies off the board. It requires so much coordination sometimes because my plan may be run up and attack these dudes. Yeah. yeah. And Dave may be using these dudes to like use his monster moves. Right. So he's actively moving guys away, away from, from you. Away from you and yeah. you're like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I I'm really glad this game doesn't have like a sand timer because if there is a sand timer, I can't not watch it. <laughs> so like it just comes with a digital timer. It's it's so frantic that like you're trying to accomplish so much stuff and there's like search spaces you can go to to get more gear. But you have to roll a search symbol mm -hmm. and then you can look at the gear right then if you want and equip it right then. But again, you have two minutes. So yeah, like it's taking up your two minutes time. What's your time worth? Yep. So it's a lot of, of that, like maximizing your time the best you can, working as a team, because it definitely takes some teamwork mm -hmm. to, to bring this all down. Mm -hmm. And then um the harder levels in between rounds there become other things that that happen. So like you could get some disability to your characters and the only way to get rid of it is as a group you're putting some of your dice on there that you're not going to be able to roll mm -hmm. so it's getting rid of that stuff it's such a fun game oh yeah and the amount of monsters that come out in between mm -hmm. turns so like a turn is basically your two minutes and then the monster phase where you're spawning monsters right and, and yeah spawning monsters the amount that comes out it's is crazy. massive and you stare at it and you're like, well, I mean, I, how do you win this game? <laughs> yeah. Like there's no way. And then a, a round will end, your two minutes will end and you'll look and you'll be like, Hey, we killed everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you just like spend two minutes mowing down monsters. It really is very frantic. It reminds me of like those video games where you're a top down shooter and there's just mobs of monsters yeah. coming at you mm -hmm. and you're just nonstop shooting well, them. I think it's that's very what, similar. I think that's yeah. what it was designed from originally. And it, it works so well like it that. It does. It's, it's so crazy. And there's boss monsters, so bigger figures take Love more it. hit those, points. Some of those boss monsters. Absolutely. Are so oh, yeah. Awesome. And when you yeah. kill a boss monster, you get alien tech. They drop this alien tech. Same thing. You pick it up right then and look at it but again two minutes, <laughs> yep. two minutes. So, <laughs> so uh you could just throw your three cards down and you could pick them out in between turns but mm -hmm. it's just such a frantic game there's all kinds of of game modes mm -hmm. so uh, there's like what eight or so game modes that you can have and the game comes with uh six characters so you could play six players with this uh, which man, would, would be nuts we played all six characters too yeah we all the tried the characters yeah. so. that's all and they, the characters were all different enough that they played very wildly different yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, all have absolutely. a different power and it's shocking how much that power influences your play style for sure yeah because yeah. i've played the, the exoskeleton guy and like his whole deal was is that aliens couldn't push him if right. they attacked him which is, which is a big thing because yeah. as the aliens are moved if they move into you you get pushed and you get hurt yeah, and, and like there's die. there's no going around you like the path leads a certain way if you're standing <laughs> that path yeah sorry for your luck yeah so this guy like he just negated that damage so for me i was very aggressive that game like, yeah i was up near the front lines mm -hmm. And I believe you played like a like a ninja type lady at one point. Yeah, she had she she was pretty crazy. I forget what her ability was. I didn't use it a ton. The second game, I used the lady that had suppression. 
So she had these six tokens great. that when you rolled an enemy on your two minutes, when you rolled an enemy dice, instead of moving an enemy, you get rid of one of these tokens. It's a suppression fire. It just keeps their heads down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no way I'm going to roll six of these. And I rolled like six <laughs> in my first two minutes. <laughs> oh my God. Like it yeah. happens so much. And then the amount of like extra gear you can get. Oh it, yeah. It's is a big old awesome. of extra yeah. gear. And a lot of that is min maxing. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what can I use? Like, I only have so many dice. Like, Dave's character had more life, but only a certain amount of dice. I had one less die. Dude, and I hated that character. That's a tough one. Because so much of this game is just frantically rolling your dice and hoping for certain symbols. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't get them, you pick up all your dice and roll again. Having one less die is huge. Yeah. Especially, like, when you couldn't do some of those objectives. Yeah. So there's objectives in this game, and that's how you end a scenario is so you're killing monsters to just not lose. Right. But you actually have to accomplish some objective. while one, killing. I think the first one we played was like you had to place bombs. Yeah. And, and yeah. to yeah. place these bombs, you have to, in one round, one character had to place dice on certain symbols on these like bomb tokens that are on the board. And uh, three of them had all four slots. Right. And so it was impossible yeah, you for me three to dice. do that. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, I guess I'm killing bad guys. And, <laughs> and that's good game design, though, because they made the rule that you could switch those tokens with another player. Yeah. So I handed them off because mm-hmm. yeah. I couldn't possibly yeah. you do, can't them. do it, which is like it would be terrible to be just set up for failure like that. Like, oh, You're like guys, we cannot win this game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess we'll kill all these monsters forever. <laughs> and that's the cool thing, too, is like a lot of those objectives you have to try to strike a balance between killing aliens and then trying to do those, obje- do those objectives. Right. Cause there's no worse feeling than doing the objective and then just sitting there. Right. Yeah. Like, while everything else is happening, you're like, I can't help I out can't because help. I've got my four, <laughs> whatever is I need for this objective. Yeah. Sorry so, guys. Sorry guys. You're kind of on your own. Yeah. And that was one of the other interesting things about two minutes for die. Right. Because you're the second you start sacrificing dice, on an objective, you can do less for the rest of that two minutes. And certain certain things lock a dice in. Mm-hmm. So those a lot of the objectives lock your dice there. So even if you change your mind halfway through, you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, too bad. Those dice are now locked. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> and there's no getting those back. Yeah, you can get them back next round, but hopefully you don't die in between there. At the board, it's a two-sided board. So one, one side of the board was like a base. The other side had this like crash ship in the middle of the board. And again, it, it's really well made because... The arrows on the board tell you exactly where to move the monsters, and it it just flows so well. It's such mm-hmm. a smart design. And when you look at it, you're like, "Oh man, what what's all this mean?" But it's it's so in easy. The, in the heat of the moment, it would it's so important to look at the board, yeah, and understand exactly what you need to do, yeah, because your characters can move wherever, yeah. But mm-hmm. those monsters move a specific path. It just it's so you well don't want to you don't want to be sacrificing time trying to puzzle out where your where the monsters are supposed to. Yeah. Be going. At the end of the day, this game is fun. So yes. stinking fun. Yeah. Normally, when when we play a game, we don't play it immediately again after. And this yeah. was the game where, like, let's do it again. Again. Like, yeah, let's <laughs> play it <laughs> again. It's just such a fun game. I'm really looking forward to playing it more. I just And I'm curious to see. So the more players you have, the more monster cards you flip mm-hmm. over. Mm. So I'm just, I would love to get, like, six players just, like, everybody <laughs> go nuts. It would just be, like, so much dice throwing. Oh, man, it'd, be it'd be great. It'd be crazy. So everything definitely, gets harder. Definitely post-pandemic. Oh, yeah. Get everybody, sure. get everybody over. Roll some dice on this. Oh, especially if it was, like, late at night. Oh my gosh, oh my this gosh. I, I didn't perfect think, Gen Con game. I was going to say, I didn't think about this until now, but <laughs> yeah. this is a great Gen Con game yeah. to bring when, when everybody's at the house. It's a really, really fun game. Yeah, sign me up. Mark, tell me about Project Elite. Project Elite, published by Simon Limited, uh, originally published by that other company in 2016, re implemented <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> 
I don't know what the other company is. Yeah, I forget I'm what it is. Trash researcher. Uh, designed by <laughs> Constantinos Kokinos. Oh, uh, Kokinos. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that sounds like a thing I would order at a Mexican restaurant. I've had that. Constantinos Kokinos. <laughs> yeah, usually yeah. it needs a little more spice. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> super festive taquitos. He Not designed the game <laughs> Drumroll and Drum roll? Ru- Drumroll and That's Rush cool. MD. Uh, Marco Portugal, uh, who did Gizmos and Cthulhu: Colon Death May Die. Uh, and Soturios uh, Centillus, who did New Dominoes and A Thief's Fortune. Those are your designers. For Sometimes when you're saying names, I can't understand if you're saying the title of a board game or if you're saying a person's name. <laughs> yeah, I, to help you guys out, always name first. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't help me at all. You know what's uh, interesting is like every single time Mark is reading the names of board game designers, I'm once again reminded how boring our names are. Oh, oh yeah. man, well, you yeah. mean Dan Man? Yeah, <laughs> get out Dan. of here, <laughs> Dan Toe. Uh, so, <laughs> art was done Dento. by uh, Saeed Jacoby. I'm sorry, no, wrong. Uh, Saeed Jalabi, who did Gizmos. Steph Kopinski, oh, who did Necromunda. Henning Ludvigsen, who did Blood Rage. Mike McVeigh also worked on Blood Rage. And Edgar Skomoro. Oh, man. I, oh, I was so close. I was, was so it? close. Was it? <laughs> Edgar Skomorowski. Yeah. Rising Sun. He did right. You know, it's funny as I was listening to you read all those credits and I was like, wow, these guys worked on some really major games. Then I I forgot it was from Seymour. Yeah. That that checks out. I can't wait to play Cthulhu Death May Die. I heard such amazing things about it. Looking forward to it. I heard it's very good. Check Uh, our last episode, episode 37, Spooky Halloween, where we talk about Cthulhu games. (laughs) Project Elite, let's rate this game one to 10, not using the number seven. How many lock dice would you give? (laughs) Uh, Project Elite. Dan, we'll start with you. I will give this game a nine. Uh, I really, really, really like this game. I don't know why I'm not giving it a 10. I don't really have a ton of negatives about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still good with nine. <laughs> just not a 10. Okay, it's just it. not a 10. A good candidate uh, for a reroll corner when yeah. we play with six. Yeah, if we play with six people and it's still just as fun, maybe then. Uh, so I'm going to give it a nine. I really like this game. I, I actually look forward to playing it again. I, I think this game is for a lot of different people. Like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that people wouldn't like this game because it's just like, it's so different. Like that frantic, like two minutes, you're just rolling dice as much as you want. Mm. It's just fun. Uh, Mark, Project Elite, 1 to 10, how many lock dice would you give, but you can't use 7? Daniel, we are in agreement. Give Hey-o. me 9 lock dice. Loved oh, the game. So much fun. Like I said, definitely if I play it at Gen Con with 6 other dudes oh, and man. it's just as hysterically fun yeah. as it was with 3, yeah, I would give it a 10 for I'll, sure. I'll so. mark it 10. I'll make sure everybody knows it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll update. I'll, we'll just do like a special 30-second episode where we'll be like, it's a 10. <laughs> it's a 10. It's a 10. <laughs> Join us next time. Uh, Dave, Project Elite, 1 to 10, not using 7. How many lock dice would you give it? So I'm the only 4? No, yeah. <laughs> I'm I guess kidding. So. It's a 9. <laughs> I was going to say, so you, you enjoyed this game a lot for a 4. <laughs> yeah, this game was a lot of fun. The only reason for me it's actually not a 10 is because there's like zero strategy element. Mm. On a scale of one to ten strategy it is like a two i would assume that if you did not communicate with the other people in your squad (laughs) yeah that's why i said two like it's not zero strategy but that does not detract from the game at all like i had an absolute blast playing it it's a great game uh the biggest knock on it is i have is this game is a hundred dollars and i get it there's a lot of minis in Mm -hmm. it um, the minis are dope. I did not back it on Kickstarter, which I'm kind of kicking.
kicking myself for. Mm-hmm. That's not a pun I meant to make, but it yeah. is a pun, a pun that happened nonetheless. <laughs> um, let's move on to our topic. So each week, we all as a group come up with a topic, and we all do equal amounts of work on it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. That's how it works. Yeah. And then Mark reads that, it all for that's, us. That's really weird. I don't remember that part where you guys help, but that's uh, cool. That's cool. It's I'm, about you know, to happen. Yeah. So that's if you're help us just right all now. All those concussions I've had. If you're uh, if you're unfamiliar with this part of the show, uh, Mark does all the work for this, of course, and uh, Dave and I um, take a lot of credit mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, would we are I would, also? I would, I would have it no other way. Yeah, this podcast here. is a co-op, guys. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we uh, Mark does all the work, and then we ask questions, and he doesn't know the answers to mm-hmm. them. So perfect. Uh, so, Mark, what is tonight's topic? Tonight, we're talking about the origins of Werewolf the Game. Okay. Werewolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it is almost oh, Halloween is. when yes. we are recording this. It is Mischief Night. Is it? It is. At, the night before Halloween. It's does this count as mischief? Night. Like, this podcast is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like. Pretty lightweight mischief, <laughs> if anything. Yeah, compared to what I used to get up to. Whoa, in Oklahoma? Yeah. yeah. Creating twisters? Yeah. Spinning in circles super fast until <laughs> twisters happen? Like a, a toilet, <laughs> paper, <laughs> toilet paper roll in each hand, just... Oh, one a toilet paper twister. One time, I stole a road cone. What? Oh, you monster. Do you yeah. still have it? Uh, no, it's, I'm sure it's someone. Someone's he returned back it. Home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he felt yeah. bad. I'm like, I'm such a, I'm such a bad boy. And then like later that night, I was like, I have to return this. So he, what no, if somebody, such, what if somebody gets hurt? I'm he, such a bad boy. <laughs> he looked up what the fine would be, and then he taped that amount of money to the road. <laughs> returned it. Exactly. I'm so sorry. Yeah, werewolf. This a uh, fun game. Yeah. Um, if you're with the right crowd. Yes. It all depends. Social on deduction who game. You're mm-hmm. with. Earlier this week, I was listening to another. I was also committing podultry, Dave. <laughs> It happens. And Another was, board game podcast? I, I was listening to actually a video game podcast. Oh, oh dare. Uh, well, we don't make one of those. So. That's true. One of the hosts mentioned the fact that she was on a pilot for a TV show that was based on Werewolf the Game. Really? I'm like, trying to yeah, figure wait, out what, what that would that be about. Be? I guess it'd be like just like uh, famous people playing werewolf. Oh, so it's not like a, a scripted television. Yeah, that's what show. I was thinking. No, this yeah, was I'm like sorry. a no, show. No, this was this was like a game show for money, like that. Oh, uh, werewolf. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. So it seemed very weird. Was it like Will Wheaton's tabletop? Kinda, but <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh man, it took me a second to get what an insult that was. No, I like I like tabletop. I wish it was still around. I learned Will a lot Wheaton. about uh, other board games. I want you to know that Mark's opinions do not reflect my own. <laughs> I love you and definitely want to play a board game with you. Yes, Will Wheaton. I am I am the resident contrarian. So listen, it's better I, uh, to be dragged by the nice guy. I'm lukewarm about Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I Dave perfect. Hubbard love you and want to play a board <laughs> game with you. I'm fine about Will Wheaton. Is this we- the second week in a row we've talked about Will Wheaton? It might, it might be. Anyway, so I was listening to this whole uh, this whole thing, and so it kind of got me interested. Tell me more about Werewolf. Yeah. So I did some Googling. <laughs> Werewolf actually has a super interesting like history. Well, you guys tell me, when do you think the seeds for Werewolf were planted? 2010. 2010? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking the actual game here, right? We are talking about the game before the game. I want to say like the 1920s. Whoa, Whoa. the 1920s? Well, the Great Depression? The, the Great Werewolf Depression? Well, Werewolf is based on old school social deduction games. Yeah. Like, I played it as Mafia. Yeah, Mafia and those. Uh-huh. And those games have been around for a long time. So I want to say a, wh- a, wh- so, a uh, whale. A whale ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a good say whale ago. A while ago. So I will say we will be going to the 1920s towards the end of this topic. Oh, oh buddy. So not bad, Dave. Not bad. Is that the 
right answer. Though? No. Uh, this, <laughs> so Mafia, the game that no, you guys no, had mentioned. No, that's not right. No, it's not right at all. I didn't expect to be right. <laughs> I wanted to justify what I said. I'd like regardless. to change my answer to the 1950s. <laughs> 1950s? Yeah. Right. So Mafia, the game that Werewolf is based on. I want to change my answer to 1921. <laughs> <laughs> you would. This isn't the place it's like. Get out of here with that trash. So Mafia was originally designed in 1986. Oh, oh man. The year of us, Mark. Oh, man, Dan, also... you were six years old. Yep. You I were was... wearing your uh, little underoos <laughs> I was. with your shoes. Yeah. Far as I, far and as I remember. your dunkaroos. Yeah. Probably. All of that. And it was designed actually in, of all places, Soviet Russia. Oh, man. But the loser just actually had to die. Yeah. In, in Soviet Russia, real werewolf eat you. <laughs> yes, yes. You were, the losers were actually fed to werewolves. <laughs> uh, actually, the game was designed by a gentleman named Dmitry Davidoff, uh, who lived through the most one of the most tumultuous periods in the USSR. 86 was a pretty big yeah. year. Cold for War the years. Cold War, yeah. Just <laughs> and signed... for Chernobyl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also not a great year for Chernobyl. <laughs> so the U.S. and the USSR had just signed the first nuclear weapons proliferation deal. Billy Joel had just played Leningrad, enraging Uh-oh. thousands of Russians. And Mark. Yeah, yeah. Mark. <laughs> is that why? Is that why you hate Billy Joel? Yeah. For his yeah. 1986 he played, Leningrad he, concert? He went, he went behind the steel curtain <laughs> and played Leningrad. You're like, not my Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So uh, fun fact about that concert. Apparently 200 people who attended that broke chairs. Wow. Because they were dancing so hard. <laughs> I thought it was because they were angry know. about something. I don't no. even know what to say about that. <laughs> I know. Just think about that. That's more chairs than the average <laughs> wrestling match, which is <laughs> why really were, pretty incredible because they specifically break chairs. Why were there so many chairs there? Well, I imagine they were like fold-up chairs. I, I, I don't know what concert halls were there like no, in the USSR. There was no video in, from in this. 1986. <laughs> 1986. That's hard for me to say. It's you shocking know, that you don't know all that information. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make presumptions uh, about we found the, the quality first error. of Soviet you know, entertainment. The game came about because David uh, Davidoff was cramming two years of university into a single like two semester term. That is a lot of work. That was I, a lot. Of I get work. that. Yeah, that is an unfortunate amount of work. And while he was doing this, he was also teaching high school psychology. Dang. So he was doing two two years of college plus teaching. So for him. Uh, he needed to be very efficient with his time. That makes sense to me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't listening to no Billy Joel. He wasn't no. sleeping either. No. no. He was actually attending University de Russia. Yeah, he was actually attending uh, the Moscow State University. Okay. And he was like in the psychology department. And he actually taught psychology in high school too. So he was basically furthering his education. And he tried to come up with a way to describe to his students the concept of uninformed majority versus the informed minority. Uh, and for him, the easiest way to do this was to create a game. Oh, you know social, what? I like that. Yeah. yeah. A social deduction game that he uh, called Mafia. Bold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bold. Very bold. Bold in Russia to yeah. be calling anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're not familiar with the games uh, like how Werewolf functions, you basically have most of the people in the game don't have any idea who the bad guys are. Yeah. Um, they know nothing. You, they don't know anything. So that is your I uninformed majority. I know nothing. <laughs> you know nothing. That is your uninformed majority, right? But you do have a couple people who are either werewolves in the most recent iteration of this game or mafiosos. Yeah. Vigo uh, Mortensons, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> naked real, Vigo Mortensons. Real naked Vigo Mortensons. Eastern Promises. Oh, <laughs> that's Yowzers. A, that's a rough watch. <laughs> yes, it is. 
Oh, I've never fought naked in a sauna. No. <laughs> Come to think of it, neither have I. Shockingly. I've never been naked in a sauna. Oh, well, now we differ. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the mafiosos know that other mafiosos, they know who they are. Yeah, they prison, identity, prison right? tats in the lot. Yeah, exactly. There's like weird crosses and stars, kinds of starburst stuff. And all yeah, that. exactly. As the game progresses, the mafiosos are trying to work together to kill as many people as they can. But they have to agree on the person they're killing. Mm -hmm. So the other people, their job is to figure out who the mafiosos are. Basically, at night, somebody's killed, and then they get together in the morning. It's kind of like if you're familiar with the game Among Us. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot yeah. like that. It's yeah, a very yeah, yeah. socialized deduction game. That's that's the new hotness all the kids are playing, right? I, I play that game. That's fun. Yeah. It's like fun. we said, all the kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a spry 40. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you get together, and you try to work out who's the mafioso. And it relies so much on psychology, like how good are you at being deceitful to other people in the game, <laughs> mm -hmm. all that whole nine yards. So Mediocre. Lie. <laughs> Just lie right to their face. Right. Basically designs this game in the year of 1986, and the first game ever is played at the psychology department in the spring of 1987. Oh, um, man. Huge hit with the students there. Yeah. Loved yeah, it. Yeah. I think I've only played like one game ever. Do you want to play it right now? Let's do it. <laughs> Between the three of us. <laughs> Mark and I are mafia. Yeah. And Dave's the regular I guy. vote. We go first. I, I vote, vote we for, Dave. Yeah, we I kill vote Dave. we kill Mark. Uh, <laughs> I also vote we kill Mark. Oh, wait. I've turned on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So it's, it's more like the actual mafia now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I did not see that coming. He was, in, he was encroaching on my territory. <laughs> I am I turf. trusted you and now I sleep with the yeah. fishes. Well, well, if he kills me, then who's going to pay him protection money? I vote to kill Mark and then I um, make Dave part of my gang. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Here's your protection money, Dan. <laughs> That's extreme. I did not see well, that happening. Welcome to way. Mafia, baby. I know. Brutal. I saw Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> the game takes off from there. Like Students then began teaching other students who play it all over campus, and then they take the game to different clubs that they are part of, mm -hmm. and the game just spreads like wildfire. Capitalist clubs, if mm -hmm. you will. Yeah, like real underground <laughs> capitalist clubs. You can get Coca-Cola and oh, Nikes. No. Oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah. No, talking about bringing walls down in the sword. Oh, boy, it's it, it was a real thing. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> it was only a matter of time before the game left Russia and traveled countries like Hungary, mm -hmm. Uh, and the UK and the US. This because... sounds exactly like Tetris. This is a lot Tetris like Tetris. Yeah. Again, I believe it's kind of the same year. Yeah, they're about the same time. Yeah, frame. about the same time. I, I think Tetris was 84. And it was also made and then given away for free. <laughs> and then it traveled to Hungary. And... <laughs> like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> no profit. <laughs> That's it. I'm not, terrible. I was going to make a joke, but I didn't. Okay. I, you put a lot of punches. I know. I'm holding back. I'm trying not to offend a whole continent. <laughs> Good call. Good call. We love you, Russia. Basically, when the students leave college to go do their post-grad work, they take the game with them, Yeah, and then they teach people there. Actually, the first ever game of Mafia that's been documented in the U.S. was played at a Pennsylvania summer camp among high school kids. Really? Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, junior high kids. This is, uh, it sounds almost like a pyramid scheme, though. Like, I'll I'll tell you two of your friends, and then you tell two mm -hmm. more of your friends. Because I yeah. need you in my downstream. Yeah, I need you in my downstream. <laughs> and then we're all in the Mafia? I don't know how it works. Right? So, the big thing that happens, kind of like... What takes this game from being like a weird Russian social deduction game to kind of like the worldwide phenomenon that we would understand werewolf to be? Yeah, capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> it was marketed. As someone heard, of, you could make money. We sold it. Gentlemen, let's talk about what state this whole process started. If you had to pick a state 
that could be a hotbed of capitalism. New York and not pof- California. possible mafia connections. Yeah, New York. Oh, New, New York? Jersey. Still say New, New York. Jersey. Yeah. Then. New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey or New York. Was New, it a city or Jersey. State? New Jersey. Yeah, our good friends from New Jersey. In 1997, a man named Martin Iger ran a gaming party there. Like, so you get a whole bunch of people together. They play these huge games, like, uh, and it's very, very fun, from what I understand. <laughs> from what you've been told. From what I've, <laughs> from the research. From what I've gleamed. <laughs> so I've played mafia in youth group with like. 35 kids how is it 35 youth it was a lot of fun yeah because just that many kids like a if you're the mafia and you're trying to decide who to kill like there's just so many of you and then b during the daytime like the accusation phase of this game is nuts Mm because it's just like 30 people screaming and how many mafia are are in a game of 35 oh i don't remember i think there were like five or six but like with the game with 35 people like the blind accusations oh it was amazing insane and like (laughs) you actually have so much anonymity at that point if you're mafia because just the odds are ever in your favor yeah i'm just gonna kill the loudest person in the room (laughs) well and most of the accusations are all stuff like i thought i heard a rustle from over in that section of the room and there's like Mm -hmm. nine people in that i heard your eyes open <laughs> but yes. I, it was a lot of fun. I heard the subtle sound of your sinews creaking as you <laughs> yeah. turned your head. I heard your synapses firing in your brain when you were trying to make your accusation. So uh, Martin Iger has a, a guest come over who actually knows the game Mafia. Uh oh. He's like, hey, I got, I got a little something for us to try. Oh, you can't be saying Mafia up there though. Yeah. He's like, hey, listen Watch your- here. <laughs> yeah, wise guys. Yeah. Yeah, wise guys, eh? I got yeah. a game for you. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Johnny Tightlips. <laughs> he comes to the, he comes to the party, teaches them how to play the game. Huge hit. Everyone loves it. Great time. Iger takes the game with him to the National Puzzlers League Convention. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call this a puzzle game. This is a social deduction game. Well, but he I took it think... to the Puzzlers League. Yeah, so he went there as a, to do puzzles. Yeah, to puzzle things out. And to play Mafia. And he said, while we're here. And he ran out of puzzles. <laughs> so now he's just doing Mafia. I came here to build puzzles and play, <laughs> play Mafia. And I'm out of puzzles. <laughs> so he basically taught the game to a group of people there. And again, another notch in the, the old belt for Mafia. People there loved it. They loved it. One it's of the people who played hit. that night was a guy named Andrew Plotkin. And he is an interactive fiction writer who fell in love with the game. Is interactive fiction like uh, the Choose Your Own yeah, choose Adventure, your own adventure yeah, books? This guy's, I love those. This guy's pen name is apparently Zarf. He's a big deal. That's <laughs> not a joke. That's not <laughs> a joke. a big deal. Uh, yeah, Good for him. Uh, he was described as, quote unquote, a legendary interfic- like interactive fiction His writer. name's Zarf the Big Deal? Zarf the Big Deal. I would bet that at some point I probably have read some of his work. I would think so. Andy, uh, Andy Jackson is like a huge fan of interactive of fiction. Oh. So I'm sure. <laughs> and probably of Zarf. I'm sure he, Andy, if you know, if by, you, by all means, write in. Tell me all about tell Zarf. Me, tell me about your experiences <laughs> with Zarf the Great. <laughs> he uh, fell in love with the game, even though the first time he said he was ever like a, a mafioso he openly admitted it because <laughs> like, he didn't quite understand how the game yeah. was played yet. I am a mafia. Yeah. Uh, let's, like, let's kill that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. choose to kill him. Yeah, so he was like, oh, well, uh, I'm I'm the mafia guy. And they're like, no, 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 you're not supposed to tell us. And yeah, don't tell us. He was we super know, embarrassed. Know. He said he had a hard time living that one down, but <laughs> makes sense. 
So he was obsessed with the game, and he he brought two key contributions to the game. Okay. The first is that he introduced the game to the World Wide Web. Oh, hello, Internet. Yeah. So he... Con- what year was this? This was in 98, probably. Oh, 97, yeah. 98, somewhere in there. That makes more sense. I yeah. thought we were still in 86, 87. Like, oh, yeah. So, really? like, so like six people yeah. saw it? Yeah. So they played the game <laughs> They played the game at Iger's place in 97. Okay. So the same year, he brought it to the National Puzzlers Convention League. <laughs> National Puzzlers League convention. Yeah, with Zorf. <laughs> with Zarf. Zarf. I already, already messed up his name. The guy's a legend. And I then back how out. dare you, <laughs> sir? <laughs> then you could go to www. Yeah. Worldwide. HTTP. <laughs> Type this in. So he introduces it to forum play online where people would just get on forums. Oh, yeah. Play and by play forum. Mafia. A lot of fun. The, the first among us. The uh, the first yeah. among us. Yeah. I mean, you there was no electrical room of death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't go in there. There was no vent play. No, you can't. I but saw him vent. You You're familiar with these jokes, Dave? Yeah. I don't Dave is drowning over there. Gotta get, this. <laughs> gotta get this game. It's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, and then he also rethemed it. He got rid of the Mafia connections. Gone. And he said, what's another more universal thing that happens at night that you would look the same like as everyone else during the day? Werewolves. Mosquito people. Yeah, mm-hmm. mosquito people. Oh, I was thinking crab people, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he lizard decided- people like half our government? Like, yeah, yeah there's just <laughs> the lizard folk. What is that movie with Roddy Piper? Oh, they live? Yeah. <laughs> Mark, I knew Mark was going to know. Of course I'd know. He's got a pair of sunglasses. It's like an some, 11-minute fight scene in that movie. <laughs> got, some, got some Ray-Bans on. You could see him. Yeah, I love it. Obey. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> oh, is it, or is it the single best joke that's ever been on this podcast? <laughs> it's probably dumb. It's more dumb no, than the best joke. So he rethemed it as werewolves, and board game history is made. Because Werewolves becomes uh, like a milestone game. Oh, yeah. Well, because he basically took the core concept of there are mafia, there are regular people, and said, well, what if there's also a wood chopper? Yeah. And there's also <laughs> mm-hmm. a town. And then exactly. my, my favorite role, we should go favorite roles. Oh, man. My favorite role, I think, and I might get this wrong, I think it was the Tanner, but it was the guy who's basically suicidal, and he wins if, oh, he, yeah, gets if he gets everyone else killed. to yeah. kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's trying to get murdered by... And not if he gets murdered by the werewolves. He wins if he gets murdered by the townsfolk. Yeah, I like being the werewolf and or the mafia. I enjoy lying directly it's... to people's faces. <laughs> I always feel like in those types of games where you there you could be the traitor or some sort of like bad yeah. guy, it's so stressful. Uh, yeah. I enjoy being a Cylon. It's not bad. Yeah. And then when someone accuses you, you just like feign such insult. What? Like, what? <gasps> what? How well, I dare you. never. <laughs> I have been a faithful member of this village for years. And after all I've done for this village. Yeah. All the feeling... wood I've chopped. <laughs> all the herbs I've gathered. Yeah. I like claiming to be roles that aren't in the game. <laughs> like, you know what roles are in the game, and then you just mm-hmm. claim some nonsense role that's not oh, there. Oh, I like claiming roles that are in the game just because the other person with that role now has to defend themselves. <laughs> so like, no, that's me. I'm the, and then you're like, really? Really? Yeah, is that interesting? Really? Is that what you're? Are you gonna claim that? You really gonna claim that? <laughs> you claim that? So Dave, we'll you definitely you definitely touched on the fact that Werewolf definitely added a bunch of different addition uh, additional hidden roles mm-hmm. and new wrinkles of strategy mm-hmm. for the game. Yeah, too. and it's a lot of fun because you can like introduce them piecemeal because yeah, yeah. like Werewolf's a short game. 
it's fun to introduce them piecemeal. And so you start with games that are like just werewolves and townsfolk. And then you slowly introduce these roles until you're playing at a level where every single person has one piece of information that's Mm -hmm. just theirs. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's a lot of fun. Whereas in Mafia, either you're Mafia or you know nothing. Mm -hmm. In advanced play of werewolf, you know something. No Mm -hmm. matter what's going on, you know something. And so it's just... Like, nobody gets left out, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't want to stop on your toes. Go on, Mark. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In the end, though, the game still revolves around the same basic skill sets of having, like, good social skills, being able to bluff people, uh, having, like, a winning personality, and taking calculated risks in your assessment of what's going on in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, The game itself actually experienced a huge uptick in popularity. Uh, when it was introduced to Silicon Valley of all places, oh, really? really? Yeah, a lot is of... it because they're all socially inept? So like it was a real because no one can. Socially... <laughs> Dave, did you read my research? No, I'm just <laughs> nobody can social deduce anything. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly why. Look, um... I was homeschooled. I'll say what I want about social <laughs> behavior. <laughs> yeah, the game itself was considered quite popular in tech conventions, where self-proclaimed geeks could let their hair down, crunch some odds, and even engage in some outside the norm social behavior. Ooh. Oh, hello, Frank Lance, a werewolf fan and co-creator of the New York game company Area Code said, quote, I am shocked, shocked by your implication that technically-minded people (laughs) might, on average, be lacking in the social skills department. (laughs) But assuming for a second that we are, (laughs) it makes perfect sense that we'd enjoy a game like this. It sanctions a lot of titillating social behavior, flirtation, confrontation, betrayal. (laughs) Even the way it condones bold eye contact and the frank scrutiny of others' behaviors is hot. Specifically, if you don't get a lot of those things in your regular social Well, No, we get that every Saturday at Dan's and we're not playing werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) Never play werewolf. A lot of prolonged eye contact. So much eye contact and so much lying. Mm Yes. <laughs> I Do you like I, this? <laughs> no. And titillating flirting. <laughs> yes, yes. I had to include that quote. It was so good. That guy, Frank Lance. He nailed it. Like, yeah, for sure. There's there's a lot of like Silicon Valley types who probably have a hard time like doing any of this and for not sure. making it the weirdest thing of all time. I saw Zuckerberg with the grand jury or whatever he's at. I'm always waiting for Zuckerberg <laughs> to slowly lick his own eyeballs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to power down for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We talked a little bit about the psychology of it all, but since, you know, it was designed by a psychologist to teach psychology, we'll talk a little bit about how all of that fits together. Uh, People who study the game, like game theorists and psychologists, they note the game's penchant for demonstrating how witch hunts and scapegoating are universal human experience and how convincingly lying under extreme pressure is one of the most difficult things humans can do. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) I don't find it that hard. Especially if those lies rely on emotional outbursts. Players may be able to fool others once or twice, but faking shock consistently over time is nearly impossible. They also note how shock changes into objection when players want to hide because surprise is so psychologically difficult to mimic. Uh, This tendency. What? Exactly. (laughs) See what I did there, Mark? Not hard. Yeah, keep going, Dave. (laughs) Uh, This tendency often devolves into aggression, which is super easy to fake. So, like, you'll start by trying to be shocked. And then you're And then you'll immediately turn up your aggression. You stop it, you cotton headed ninny muggins. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. See? Played Dave like a werewolf. Yeah, now we have to drown Dave. Jokes on it's you. Like, I'm the tanner. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how you kill a werewolf. Yeah, his head's in the toilet and he's like, I win. I win. <laughs> I win. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, that's basically kind of like the weird psychological studies that go on with the game. Uh, the key players of the story, like some of them, ended up fairly uh, successful and rich. Oh, really? Would you like to know who didn't end up fairly rich? The guy that created the game? It's yeah. It's always the guy who creates the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how people willing to steal and then profit cheatingly off of stolen things. Are you talking about capitalism again? Yes, uh, are always the one that profit. Well, those that just want to teach lessons and be part of the society, they lose. They always lose. Did he finish his college degree and became a successful psychologist? In one year? He did. Oh, good. He did. So, Plotkin... Do you know that for sure? Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're just, no, like, no. You're just <laughs> like hating me? Because I'm fine with both. But. He, he lived a perfectly happy life, and he's currently a marathon runner. <laughs> Was it my thousand-yard stare that yeah. kind of betrayed that? <laughs> yes. He wasn't killed by an actual werewolf at all. Speaking of lying, he's doing great. Uh, right. Plotkin himself made a ton of money off werewolf. Very super successful. They like make all kinds of variations yeah, of werewolf, werewolf now. Yeah, werewolf ultimate. Legacy. Ulti- ultimate yeah. betrayal legacy. Werewolf uh, in London. Yeah, the butt Legacy. sniffing edition. It's Where very was weird. A good Warren Zevon reference. Thank you. <laughs> Werewolf in London, London Legacy mm-hmm. edition ultimate. Everyone talks with a Cockney accent. <laughs> but it's, it's a legacy, yeah. so each role, once they're killed, rip it up. Yeah. yeah. You, actually <laughs> have, out of the game. you actually have to kill your friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So real, real high stakes. Oh, so we're back to Soviet Russia, the original. <laughs> <laughs> Dmitry Davidoff now lives in Boston with his family after moving to the U.S. in 1991. He's an obscure private person who often speaks in riddles. I read an interview with him. It's weird. And he's like very odd. He's very opaque on purpose. Interesting. He's hmm. a guy who loves psychology. There's, there's a guy I wouldn't like to talk to very yeah, much. Yeah, for sure. He, I would, he would love be... to talk to him. I would just be very confused. The, <laughs> the writer of the main article that I read for this story I tried multiple times to get him to do like a regular interview. And eventually he only he relented by making her play World of Warcraft. And that's the only way that he would allow her to give an interview. <laughs> so oh. he made her play he made her sign up for World of Warcraft <laughs> before he would give her an interview. That's was, so weird. It was very funny. Yeah, yeah, join my guild and then I'll give you an interview. Oh man. Uh, he's never made any serious money for Mafia and hasn't really sought it out. Uh, Hasbro considered commercializing the game, but pulled back because they thought it was, quote, unprotectable, which turns out they were totally right. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Um, they should know. Yeah. <laughs> Stolen it up there. Seriously. Hasbro. Hasbro knows when you can steal and when you can't. <laughs> Not uh, always, though. <laughs> <laughs> Mafia is now often used to treat gambling addicts in China and troubled youths in U.S. Christian summer camps. So going back to... <laughs> yeah, so Dave, my tell childhood. Me, Dave, tell me all about it. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, Dave, Dave is actually very knowledgeable this episode. Yeah, this is a little too close to home, guys. It's mm-hmm. pretty hilarious. All right. So Let we, me tell you about homeschool camp. <laughs> so we kind of teased a little bit when Dave <laughs> mentioned 1920s that these were games were actually quite popular then in the 1920s, like these uh, hidden killer in a civilized setting. Yeah. Who's huh. got the loaf of bread? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got the loaf of bread? Is it Jobert? (laughs) (laughs) Or is it Valjean? (laughs) So, yeah, these games were first played in the 1920s. They were huge. 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 (laughs) These games are going to be huge. So thanks to a group of journalists, actors, and uh, wits. Wits are people who like write witty things, kind of like Oscar Wilde. Ugh. Yeah, that's their whole deal. Is <laughs> Lovely. Be, their, whole, their whole shtick is to be clever. Oh, and man. And they become famous a... for that. Yeah, I hate it. These guys all formed a, group, a club called the Algonquin Round Table. Of course they did. Yep. <laughs> they would gather at a famous writer's house uh, by the name of Alexander Wolcott to play a game called Murder in the Dark. Ooh, well... <laughs> 
I feel like playing a game called Murder in Broad Daylight. Yeah, <laughs> just, you lose have the same ring yeah, to it. You lose a lot yep. during that. So well, we way, all saw you do it. Yeah, it's it's him. It's him. We, we saw him do it. I, I watched him it right was there. Broad Daylight. Yeah. <laughs> So the way the game would work is you would walk in and you'd be given a role as soon as you arrive to do the party. Mm-hmm. You would either be innocent or a murderer. Oh, <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, pretty simple. There's been a murder. <laughs> so oh after, after dinner, they would all gather into a parlor and they would play murder in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and the way this goes is they would turn off the lights and the murderer would slip a piece of paper into somebody's pocket Creep. telling them that they had been killed. Yeah, that's creepy. You're dead. <laughs> You're dead. You're dead, dummy. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> so the lights would come up. The person would pull out the note out of their pocket, and then they'd go sit on the parlor, and then the wild accusations would start. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead, you idiot. <laughs> Watch us argue. Yep. So their job was to find the murderer. The murderer's job was to kill as many innocents as they could. Um, they would play this game for a good portion of the night. Uh, these games kind of went out of fashion, you know, once the Great Depression happened. There wasn't like a lot of fancy parties to attend to because yeah. nobody had any money. But they were brought back in the 1970s by, of all people, American composer Stephen Sondheim. Really? <laughs> what a random person <laughs> you know, to bring this back. Really? I know. I know. It's so weird how all of it all ties together. Sondheim did the score for Into the Woods. Uh, Sweeney Todd, a lot of other very yeah, famous music. Very, very famous. Yeah, he's a pretty, pretty famous guy. <laughs> he's good at music, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. He's very, yeah. very famous and very successful. Yeah. So he brought he brought this game back to these huge opulent parties. He played Murder in the Dark. He would play Murder in the Dark. Yeah, and yeah. basically he took this idea and turned it into a 1973 film called The Last of Sheila, a dark comedy about a group of characters trapped on a luxury yacht who engage in a murderous parlor game. Oh, is it called Murder in the Dark? <laughs> no, it was Last of Sheila. The Last oh. of Sheila. Kind of like Clue, now that I stop and think about Clue it. Clue the oh, movie. Yeah. yeah, Clue the movie. Clue the movie's good. Yeah. yeah. Clue the movie's great. Yeah, so that was uh, that was that that's basically the story. I would like to ask you guys, mm-hmm. what board game would you think would make an excellent like live-action TV show? So I bet Project Elite would make a really good one, but <laughs> it, it's already been made. The rock starred in it. <laughs> It was called Doom. Oh, yeah. Oh, Doom boy. Was that was a, yeah. not a good movie. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm saying it's yeah, been made. Was... I Mark, what, did do not you, hate Doom. Do you, <laughs> do you have an answer for this? You know, I my my default answer for everything is Root. Yeah, mine's Arcadia Quest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then mine's Zaya. Yeah. yeah, like I could picture like a really fun like animated TV show and set in the universe of Root. That'd be totally fun. Well, I think what would be a really good show is if they... I played this fun board game with Andre. It was called Firefly. Like if they did a live uh-huh. action version of Firefly, I think that'd be a really good TV it's show. It's probably not good past one season though. Yeah. I, yeah no, like, I feel like they, they would start really well and if, then it probably get canceled yeah if the people like is, it they is, could bring a movie back later. yeah but probably like, that'd be it <laughs> you would have you'd have multiple scenes where a guy fights with toy dinosaurs and it's very stupid mm. mark doesn't like firefly <laughs> huh? i'm getting that yeah <laughs> I, I hate to make a rash reaction doom not bad firefly <laughs> sucks <laughs> Yeah, that is an oh, odd take. I yeah. can't help but not care about your opinions for the rest yeah. of my life after that. <laughs> that is a weird a weird take to stand on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my hill. <laughs> so we're all in agreement then. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Make a good live action Give me TV that. show. Give me that. Yeah. Very oh, good. Oh, man. That's good. Good stuff, Mark. Thank you. You it, did it again. I, you know it's amazing? The wormholes that you'll crawl into. I've been yeah. on the internet. <laughs> it's amazing the amount of time Dan and I have to do research for this show. I know. Yeah. Like, it's a real doozy. Yeah. You're welcome, everyone. You're yeah. welcome. You guys, you know, you guys do the heavy lifting. I'm just glad to be here because of my dashing good looks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that is episode number 38 of a random draw podcast. No, a random draw. What the hell is the show called? (laughs) Random draw board game podcast. If you have any questions or would like us to review a game, a certain game, let us know. Uh, Email us at randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com. Our average is seven months. Yeah, all right. So far, mm-hmm. we are averaging mm-hmm. seven months to play a game. It's just a matter of time. Uh, if you would like to see the games we're playing, check out our Instagram. We're always putting pictures up of the, the stuff we play. Uh, also, check out our Facebook page. You just go to the search icon, type in a Why, random draw pod. Well, you, this is two weeks in a row you've taken this I'm program. never going to let you have it back <laughs> no. now because I, I got tired of listening to it. And then once you go in there, Mark will be there. <laughs> He's there. Mark lives on Facebook. It makes me all so he sad. All day long. This is, don't, this he watches Doom in the background. Yeah, <laughs> he's just sitting on Facebook. I all, just think it's a brave decision to make ro- the Rock the villain. All, all of the. <laughs> oh, spoiler! <laughs> you know what's funny is I saw Doom in the movie theater in Hawaii. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I saw Doom on DVD, and I—that's probably why I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii. I was like, mm, I made a mistake with my time here. <laughs> yep. Uh, hey, also, our, since we're plugging things, yeah. I want to plug... Doom? Is that what you're saying we're plugging? Uh, I normally do some log rolling here, but I'll, yeah, I'll do some Doom. No, well, de- definitely watch Doom. But also, <laughs> download and listen to uh, our special, super special project, Random Draw, Poland, Delaware by Dark. Special project Dave and I worked on for the month of Halloween. It was a month's project. Yeah, it, it felt was... like if you were trying to cram like two years of college into one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you didn't even create a good board game after. No, we did not I create a good board game. I did get to constantly hide in Dave's house and scare him though, so that was good. For yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. definitely good for check, everyone. Definitely check that out. That's anywhere you get board game or anywhere you get podcasts. <laughs> download that. Now I can't get board games, man. But Mark, tell us about Twitter. You got Twitter? Yeah, go. To twitter.com, search for at random draw pod. I'll be there sometimes. If you send me like a tweet about games that we should play, <laughs> seven months later, I'll get around to them eventually. <laughs> yeah, but big ups. Thanks for everyone for hey, taking the time to write back. Yeah, awesome. Thank yeah. you guys. And now for something completely different. I'm a pretty patient person normally, but except for when it comes to pumping gas. I hate pumping gas. Can I just say that? Like, I as a thing, I hate it. Why I don't, don't mind you go pump- to Jersey, loser. <laughs> yeah, I, that's where I got my driver's license, and that's probably why. <laughs> I um I don't mind the process of pumping gas, but if the pump is too slow, I oh, yeah. I will mm-hmm. leave. Like that's why I never prepay because I don't want to hem myself in. <laughs> yeah, to being there for twenty minutes. So today I was at Royal Farms on my way here, and I was like, oh, I guess I should get some gas. So I start pumping it, and it's so slow. And I left with like four dollars and eighty cents pumped into my tank. Like that's enough. I'm yeah. leaving. Yeah, I, I feel you hundred percent. Because I hate those. It. I hate those gas stations that like the pump is slow, and then it also gets slower if there are two people on, on the, the pump on the same yeah. pump at the same yeah. time. Yeah, no thank you. I was so angry. Yeah, that's why I never prepay. You guys ever do that perfect pump thing where you try to get it like on the money? No, my change gets rounded up and invested, so I just, whatever, oh, whatever okay. it's on, it's on. No, okay. So I used to really care because I used to pay uh, in cash, so like it <laughs> mattered. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. uh, it's a card, and the change does not matter to me. Yeah, I'd be mad if you gave me change. Some- <laughs> <laughs> Somebody the other day, I was going to lunch, and someone at work's like, oh, can you get me a Coke or whatever? I was like, oh, sure. 
And so I brought it back to him. They're like, oh, I don't have any money. And she's like, oh, no, wait, I have some change. And I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this one's on me. She's like, no, I can give you change. I was like, what am I going to do with yes. that? Like, what in, am I going to do with yeah. it? In the past, I have also tried to give you change for yeah, an item. And I will you not will take not, it. You will not I will hear not it. accept it. I like paying Dan in cash for things because it bothers Dan. Yeah, because I don't ever have cash. It's, mm-hmm. I, it's just something I never use anymore. And I'm an 80-year-old man. Like, I'm, <laughs> I was thinking about getting a money clip the other day. Uh, so daylight savings time causes deaths every year. That's mm-hmm. not my problem. Uh, so be- come on. It's heart yeah. attacks. Yep. Heart, yep. Both heart attacks and car accidents. Yep. Both increase because of daylight savings time. Yeah, we should stop doing it. But here there's, we are. There's not a stat in the world that is more skewed and that I hate more than the majority of car accidents happen within five miles of your house or whatever yeah, it is. because you drive there you most dri- of the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And that's like the key point that no one ever puts in. Like, yeah, 90% of your driving is within five miles of your house. Yeah, yeah. I like, think of obviously. most of the errands that I run and like that sort of stuff, that is within five Abs- miles absolutely. of my house. Yeah, yeah, that stat is so skewed and I, people bring it up all the time. I love like crazy stats. You do? I do. I, I hate them. The one stat that always sticks out, it won like award, it won an award for like the weirdest <laughs> stat. St- Stat award? Yeah, there is a there is a stat award. Yeah, the Linda Ron stat award. <laughs> <laughs> That's that so was stupid. Dumb. It was so dumb. I was trying to. It's just a picture of her singing. Hold on, yep. I want to make sure I get this. A signed right. picture of Linda Ronstadt <laughs> with no. a pie chart next to her. <laughs> pie chart on one side, bar graph on the other. Yeah, just like oh, is this the Linda Ronstadt award? <laughs> and it's in the shape of a pyramid chart. <laughs> the linda ronstadt award for statistic excellence <laughs> i love it i'll stand halfway through the show because no matter what degree it is outside it will be 400 degrees inside of yeah. this room do you think it's the five computers and three fat guys <laughs> i don't think that's what i don't think that's it at all okay so this is the international statistic of the year is the oh, award okay right so they they just give you the most interesting uh statistic of all time and the statistic <laughs> that won it for this particular year was that there are more americans killed by lawnmowers every year than jihadi terrorists that's such a cheerful statistic yeah. all of, just on both sides i, I know <laughs> i could see why it won yeah yeah so that was let's see what here's year was my this? here's my statistic both usually involve decapitation <laughs> man Yikes. what a brutal way to go yeah uh, what lawnmower or jihadist yeah yes yes, yes, yes. is the answer yes. That was the International Statistic of the Year from the Royal Statistical Society, 2017. The Royal Statistical Society. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I read a stat a couple years ago that an average of 12 people a year die in pen-related accidents. Pen? Like uh, like like writing writing utensils? The writing utensil. Mm -hmm. I think it every time I pass a pen to Dan, I go... Oh, this could be this the could time. Be the day. This could be the moment. I feel like a, like half of those. <laughs> that, explains why, that explains why you're always staring at it. Yeah. Just why, keep, and he why always so passes excited. the pointy side out to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take it. Take it, Dan. Do you think like half of those are falling incidents? <laughs> like carrying uh, pin. Oh, yeah. Fall into pin. It's so it's actually. Because I got. A lot of choking. Oh, well, so dummies. I got curious and read about it. And A, choking. And B, falling asleep while writing. And it goes through your eyeball. And I know that might be a little macabre. Oh, but yeah, yeah um, that is a. That is a brutal way. Way to go yeah i don't like that one bit i on the bright side you technically died in your sleep <laughs> I, I died violently in my sleep look you don't have to put it like that though just no how did he die oh he passed away in his sleep yeah that's what the obit says yeah. he passed away quietly in yeah. his sleep yeah while no. doing what he loved <laughs> writing uh, writing it's probably like not me no I, I was probably writing like the one check a year i write oh my god right <laughs> 
I write two checks a year, and it's to my um, for my HOA. We pay it mm. like twice a year, mm-hmm. and it's like are like, oh no, we don't accept cards. Like it's some big thing. You need no, to pay no. in cash one time, but like dollar bills. <laughs> it's not that it's not a crazy amount. It's like six hundred dollars twice yeah, a year, but it, in dollar bills. But it is more. Bring it in rolls of pennies. Yeah, <laughs> like in a go. wheelbarrow or yeah. one of those like empty water jugs filled with coins. Oh, mm-hmm. it'd be so obnoxious for them, not for you. Hilarious. Like, I had you. poured this out earlier and counted it, but it's right. So here you go. Yeah, six hundred dollars. <laughs> hit me up on the flip side if yeah. I owe you anything. Yeah, I'd yeah. like also if I could get that water jug back. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually one of my two water jugs. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I need to refill that because the other one's getting low. <laughs> yeah, you know, I gotta, you know, it's a whole thing. I just don't want it to be like coiny tasting. Writing checks is the worst. I think you never do anymore. Such an antiquated thing. I yeah. have not gone through my original checkbook I got when opening my. I guess second bank account because I'm with the second bank in my lifetime. But yeah. mm-hmm. but like I've never had to go back and get another checkbook I in heard, my lifetime. I heard someone, yeah. <laughs> believe it or not, this was a older person, but they were talking about balancing their checkbook oh, the other God, day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, why? <laughs> you yeah. just like, ask the app how it's going. Yeah, I, uh, hey, man, so you how's could, it going? <laughs> you could just pull it up and look at all of your transactions. Yeah. <laughs> They're right there. Yeah. I used to have to make a rent checkout. Right, yeah. I had a landlord who would only accept checks. Of course. Two months before my lease was up, I got a text message saying, hey, I just got Venmo. Like, you could Venmo me <laughs> money. Like, and you, I was like, you beast. Oh, my gosh. 18 months, I wrote checks out. I wrote you <laughs> a check, like some sort of Neanderthal. Yeah, it did let me buy stamps, though, and I like to support the post office. I was uh, listening to another excellent podcast <laughs> about, whoa, whoa, about po- dogs. Podultry. About dogs. Yeah, about dogs. Dogs and uh, dog so you know, cast? no, it just reminded me. You know the videos of like dogs where people like act like they have a heart attack and then see what their dog will do. Oh, mm-hmm. my dogs not care. Well, it turns out actually that uh, dogs sense a lot of our mood by sniffing us. So, are you? Do you smell stressed out? Because they can smell that. Or do mm-hmm. you smell in pain? Because they can smell that. So when the people just do that, they just sense that it's a game. That's why they don't yeah. care. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, oh, we're playing. Well, anytime I get on the physical ground, my dogs like that's normally the only time I'm playing with them. Mm-hmm. I'm like on the ground so like hey if i'm dying on the ground like i'm actually playing I'm <laughs> look at you yeah. oh is that a seizure <laughs> what is that a seizure here oh, we're dancing hold we're on dancing. to this side of this toy just <laughs> <laughs> hold this toy while you're shaking yeah, yeah. <laughs> stupid dogs oh man i had my dogs out earlier and oh, i was like who, trying to who let the dogs out uh i did mark actually mark mark mark, yeah. mark. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like trying to get him to go potty because i was like guys i gotta i gotta go like we which have is to, the we reverse have to go. when when mark's in his uh in his apartment and the dogs are trying to get mark to go potty and they're yeah. like come on man i gotta come, go come on come on we got things to do dad let's go <laughs> no so lily my older dog who does not care about anything now yeah. other than scratches and the occasional kibble treats uh lifted her leg i've never seen her do this ever in her entire life lifted her leg and peed on Willow's head. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing, you monster? And like, of course, there's people outside watching this yeah. happen. Yeah. Like, so oh, now Willow's sorry. got a big old pee stain on her white fur. And I'm like, well, I'm going to give her a bath anyway. But still, this is ridiculous. Yeah, sorry, everybody. Yeah. I was on Reddit, as I'm one to do. Mm-hmm. Why do people wear masks in the car or whatever? Some mm-hmm. stupid thing. And at the very top post was like, or I started minding my own business in 2004. <laughs> and, 
and ever since then I've been happy. So, so if I see someone in the, with the mask on in the car, I just look and then I shrug and I go on with my life. That's very funny. Uh, but, but just that sentence was like, I started minding my own business in 2004. Dude, that'd be like, that's like half of the reason why we get so upset with other people. Yeah. Like just, just... There's a lot of times where like I will look at something to make sure I can totally understand what I'm looking at. And then I will just go on my business. Like, mm-hmm. well, that's weird, but all right. And then sure, man. My problem is often the answer is I don't understand. Yeah. I, I don't like, know what's going on. Well, mm-hmm. as long like someone, if someone's doing something weird that I'm like watching, I'm like, what are they doing? Is that why we're friends? Cause you started just watching me all the whole time. Now I, yeah. like, I was like, I need to see more of him. Yeah. I need this train wreck to continue, but more often and closer. <laughs> yeah, I, need to, I need to actually see this. I need them. I might need to interact with this. I bought Nerf guns today. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah. Well, I've got a pack of Nerf guns. So it's mm-hmm. like one shotgun esque Nerf gun mm-hmm. and then one with a rotating cylinder and then two Attaboy. little ones, yeah. pistol ones for 20 bucks whole set holy cow really yeah they hurt though because they have like this plastic tip on them yeah that's how you know yeah (laughs) so we're like (laughs) have the conversation with kira like we can't shoot each other with these because they hurt more than they should but so (laughs) i come home or i come home when we mess with them and then amber comes home and i was like listen i bought nerf guns and she's like i was specific that no one was to buy nerf guns until thanksgiving and this was like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like uh i don't recall that but it's fine but she just sent me a text saying, I hate these Nerf guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now you've just turned into terrorists. It came with like this bottle, plastic bottle that breaks in half when you shoot it. Oh. So it's like a little target you can put oh, up. So that's shooting. Fun. But And it came with 25 bullets, which are, I mean, they're yeah, going to be gone in no time. It's incredible. I, l- I love yeah. a Nerf gun. Yeah, I look forward to losing one or two of those. Oh, my God. It's so much over. fun. Yeah. We were in the store looking, and, like, I'm only willing to spend so much on Nerf guns, right? But That they, makes sense to me. They have, like, a Gatling Nerf gun for, like, $50. What? I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I've, like, I've seen that I, one. Maybe I do need this, though. Like, do I? I do remember as a kid saving up my lawn mowing money so that I could buy a large super soaker. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, super, super soakers are good blast. too. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Oh man, we Americans love weapons. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we, are you a like child to... and want to shoot people? Here, this one just shoots water. We like to weaponize our fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, yes. Welcome to America, where we weaponize fun. <laughs> I just, it's just like me cosplaying uh, Predator for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time to bleed. Game over, man. Game over.